Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay. I need everybody out there listening to hear me loud, loud and clear. I put out a post, it must have been about a week ago, at C. Thomas Radio on Twitter, saying it was during the last time we all talked and we had a very spirited discussion about Justin Fields. And I'd say the responses that I've gotten are probably like 65, 35 out there for people who want him here and people who don't, which is fine. I get it. I, again, I understand why he's an attractive option. I promise. I promise I get it. He's really talented. We saw it. I watched. I work on the Atlanta Falcons radio broadcast every week. I've seen every snap of this team this year. I saw every snap Justin Field took last weekend. I know he's good. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that if Justin Fields comes to Atlanta, he's not taking a discount. The timing isn't right. I have people to this day, people five minutes ago, still responding to a post that I put out last week saying, oh, but if Justin Fields comes here, you're only going to need to owe him 15 million and then the, the fifth year option and 32 million for two years. Guys, that's not how it's going to work. Justin, if you bring Justin Fields here, the idea, the idea, as Steak Shapiro would say, is that he's going to come here and be your long-term answer at quarterback. Why? Because you're going to need to trade a crap load for him. You guys are saying that it's it's acting as if the only thing that matters is the money. You're acting as if the only thing that matters is saying that Justin Fields is going to come here and you need to pay him for two years. No. Justin Fields is going to cost a ton to get in a trade, especially with the way he's finishing off this season. He's on a heater. He's on a hot streak. Although I will argue... If you really want to go back on my Twitter, again, at C. Thomas Radio, I looked at the numbers, as we say on Dukes and Bell. During this hot streak, quote-unquote, he's had zero 300-yard games. He's had zero games with more than one passing touchdown. Two total 
rushing touchdowns and zero total games with more than 100 yards rushing. So you want to tell me he's the next Lamar Jackson? I tell you, slow down. I see it. I see the talent. But you are are going to have to trade a package that is not going to warrant you giving up on this guy. And if you don't give up on this guy, that means you're going to have to pay him. Not $30 million, but he is going to want a five-year extension for $200 million. You're not going to give up a second-round pick, a third-round pick, two second-round picks, maybe a first-round pick, and then dump the guy. You're going to give him a chance to earn his contract. And you're not going to flush those picks down the drain if it doesn't work. That's not worth the risk. If you're going to do that, then go freaking draft Jaden Daniels. Then you have four years to figure it out. Come on, guys. You got to look at what's reality and what's not. He's not coming here for $30 million for two years. That's not how this plan works because you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. 404-726-0929. Chip is in Griffin. Chip. Hey, how you doing today? What's up, Chip? Not much, man. Uh, you stay with me here a little bit. There's some pros and cons about this Arthur Smith situation. Um, okay. And I'm going to give you the pros about it. Uh, the pros is that, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you've gotten pieces in here. You've gotten them up. A- I think we lost you there, Chip. That's all right, buddy. I appreciate the phone call. Listen, Arthur Smith, we've been talking about it all day. And the more I talk about it, the more torn I get. That's the problem. The more I talk about it with Arthur Smith, there's so many, because you guys are going to fight me on this, but I think there are a lot of positives. I think there are a lot of positives in terms of bringing him back. If you bring him back, you keep the culture that he's built for this Atlanta Falcons team. You keep everything in place, the nucleus of this team in place, which I feel is good. They just need, obviously, the most important position. They obviously need somebody that's going to be able to come in here and get the ball down the field and not turn it over a million times like Desmond Ritter did. Obviously. But this was a big deal this season, and it can't be overstated and overlooked about how important this season was in terms of building the culture and building the organization, which, yes, that part was a success. But the most important part, the -the on-the-field results. They're just not there, man. They're just not there. And it's hard to justify a coach that, when the light was shining the brightest, was not able to step up, wasn't able to put his team in a position to make the playoffs and win a game. That's the problem. All right, 404-726-0929. Jeff is in Cartersville. Jeff, you're up next. Jeff. I'm used to it. But we don't need Justin Peel. Say that again, Jeff. I didn't hear you. I said we do not need Justin Peels. Okay, so who do you want at quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons next year? They're going to have to go draft the quarterback. We need a young guy that's going to be here with the team for years to come. And what do you feel about the coach? Should he stay or should he go? Well, give him one more year. All right, I appreciate the phone call. Listen, I, I actually, I tend to agree with both of your points. I'm not even going to lie. 
Um, you do go draft the quarterback. You do go draft the quarterback. That's what you do. This this franchise is not in the position to take that kind of a risk with Justin Fields. Again, still at C. Thomas Radio, Justin Fields isn't costing a ton in a trade. All right, King of Stanton Road, how do you know that? How do you know that? He's put up good numbers to end the season. Now, not as good. I just rattled them off to you. I don't think they're as good as a lot of you were making them seem. But you think Chicago's just going to say, all right, take the guy that we drafted in the first round, 10th overall. Go ahead. Just take him off our hands. Fourth round pick, no big deal. Player to be named later. No big deal. That's fine. No. No. Why would they do that? Chicago has a chance right now to rebuild their entire organization. If they're going to trade Justin Fields, that means they're going to have the number one pick, the number nine pick, and potentially another first-round pick or a top second-round pick to add to this year's draft. They're going to be a totally new team next year. Why would, they send, why would they send their asset, a huge asset, an asset that not just the Falcons would be after, by the way? We're also all looking at this through the prism of only the Falcons are in a position to trade for Justin Fields. Guys. You know how many teams need a quarterback in the NFL? Literally about half. About half. They're not in a position right now to say that, okay, we're going to take Justin Fields, give up multiple picks to get him, and then take a chance on him becoming the quarterback that we think he is and then paying him a fat contract. It's going to – if it doesn't work, you are screwing yourself beyond belief. Am I saying that there's no possible chance – that it works? No. But you're gambling at a level that is not worth the risk. The gamble, the payoff is great, but the downside is putting you back where you were in 2019, 2020. Cap hell with a quarterback that isn't performing up to snuff because we don't know yet if Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback. We don't know. And if you tell me you do, you're lying because he has not put enough on tape to show you that he's worth it. 404-726-0929. O-Dog in College Park. O-Dog. Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Um, listen, let me put it like this. I agree with you. We don't know about Justin Fields, but I don't believe we need to be looking to get a quarterback in the draft. We need to get past rushes. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't see what the problem is with Desmond Ritter, okay? Let me tell you why. Just hear me out. Uh, Lamar Jackson, his first couple of years, he was trash. Uh, let's look at uh, Tua, Jalen Hurts. I went on a list of quarterbacks, their first year of quarterbacking, they weren't that good, okay? When I look at Desmond Ritter, he has all the tangibles to be a great quarterback, but here's the problem. Society wants it now. We want, we want our first-year quarterback to be great in one year. We don't want them to develop or get better. While all these other great quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts that we see now, their organization gave them a couple years to grow. But we've already decided that Desmond Ritter ain't garbage, so let's go get another quarterback. Well, old dog, let me, old dog, let me answer your question, and I'll let you finish. Let me answer your question. Because the Falcons okay. are in a position where they need to win now. That's the difference. The Falcons are in Why? a position because, because – this was the season they were out of cap hell. This was the season that they spent $100 million in the offseason. And this was supposed to be the season that they finally broke their playoff drought. That's why. All problem right there, what you just said. 
that they got to do it now. There's no patience anymore in the NFL. And what sickens me about uh, about how everybody in this society is so microwavable. They want that. They want their food warmed up now. We want this. We want it now. We want everything now. We don't even want to be patient anymore. I'm saying this. If they don't do something, I said, I'm saying this. There's a Ritter. He didn't have a chance in hell to become a quarterback of this team because all he had was one year to be great. And that just ain't fair, bro. It ain't fair. I hear you, O'Dog. Great call. Appreciate it, man. But the problem is, I hear you, but you're banking on a, a hope and a prayer and a wish and rainbows and unicorns type of society and type of NFL product that we just don't have these days, man. The days of a quarterback sitting behind like Aaron Rodgers did, like Jordan Love did, those those days are gone, man. You're thrown right into the fire, and if you don't put up, you get shut up and sent to the bench, man. That's what happens, and that's what's going to happen to Desmond Ritter, unfortunately. Maybe if they stuck with him for three more years and this was a two-win team, if this was the Carolina Panthers with Bryce Young, I would agree with you. Maybe there's a – because we did see – listen, Desmond Ritter has a gun, and he's made some really good throws this year, but he's made way too many bad ones, so many bad ones that he lost his job. But we're not going to be in a position with the Falcons organization. They're looking at next year with an 82-year-old owner in Arthur Blank that says, win freaking now. And that does not involve Desmond Ritter in the game plan. 404-726-0929. Vance and Decatur. Vance. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Yeah, I think there's three things that need to happen. We keep our, we do keep Arthur Smith another year, but the three things I think need to happen is one, we got to get a quarterback coach, we got to get an offensive coordinator, and we need to find a quarterback and start from there, and we can win next year. I do believe that Arthur Smith just needs to be surrounded with a couple more good coaches, and I'll leave it at that. All right, Vance, thank you for the phone call. I tend to agree. That's why I think this decision is so hard. I tend to agree that if you give Arthur Smith a good quarterback next year, whether it's Jaden Daniels, whether it's Kirk Cousins, hell, even if it's Justin Fields, as much as I think that's the wrong decision, I think the Falcons can be a playoff team with Arthur Smith as the head coach. But it's a gamble. Just like everything else this team is doing right now is a gamble, and that's the most frustrating part because these things were supposed to be in place this year, not looking at Week 18 with more questions than we have answers. Once again, great job on the phones. Also on Twitter at 404-726-0929 at C. Thomas Radio. I'll hit you guys back if you guys got something to say. 404-726-0929. Coming up next, listen, we got so bogged down in Falcons talk today, man. We haven't even touched on the natty. That's happening on Monday. So let's get a little preview in with our buddy Bill Bender from the Sporting News when we get back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and on the Odyssey app. Been so heavy on the Falcons today, and rightly so, with everything that's going on. We haven't even touched on the Natty at all today, so that needs to change ASAP. We got Michigan, we got Washington on Monday night. Should be an excellent game. Here to break it down for us is the very talented Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bill, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, uh, all right, so let me start with this. Um, In your opinion, if this game becomes a little bit of a shootout and the defenses start to bend a little bit, do you think J.J. McCarthy could go blow for blow with Michael Penix? Yeah. I mean, they, they were close with TCU last year, and they gave them a, a head start. I, I do think it would favor Washington, obviously, if this game gets in the 30s. I think the magic number 
you know, Dennis Dodd, I'll give him credit for this. He told me this last night. It's it's 30, and I, I've co-signed that. Um, first team to 30 wins. And Michigan can control the game. But, yeah, I mean, if, if Washington is in the 30s, then you, I'd probably, I'll probably think that uh, they won the game. So you mentioned a bit about the defenses there. Washington, when it comes to stopping Blake Corum in that uh, potent running game for Michigan, do they have the horses to do so? Well, we'll find out. I mean, that's that's the big challenge. The last time they played, they didn't. Uh, Blake Corum had 177 yards, three touchdowns. Now, granted, that I think going looking back at that game, the same as looking back at when Michael Penix played Michigan back in 20. 20 i mean that's uh, it, yeah he's played michigan that that's what you can glean from that uh you know obviously they won that game but i i believe aiden hutchison was hurt that was an entirely different michigan team with different coordinators so yeah i mean other than these two teams have played recently i don't know you know the key for washington is we'll see if they can get after it a little bit the Washington receiving core, and frankly, their running back room as well, but that receiving core, especially that tandem, is that one of the better receiving cores you've seen in recent memory? And they're good. Yeah, they're really good. And, uh, you know, came away real impressed from with Rome Adunze from uh, Media Day today. He's polished, he's, great, he's affable, he's really likable, and he's humble. And, you know, he one of the things that stood out with him today is he said, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, demands the ball. Um but he's somehow he's the guy getting making the plays in the clutch for them. So yeah, I mean that that'll be a really interesting challenge for this Michigan defense and whether or not they can uh, slow them down. He may not demand it, but he certainly should be getting it quite a lot. You would think on Monday night as we're talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News here on Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game. For everything that Michigan has dealt with this season, how much credit do you give to Sharon Moore for being able to steady the ship in Harbaugh's absence? Oh, it's a huge part of the story. It is. And I, I just I keep using this phrase that uh, they're winning in everybody's face. They, they don't care what you and I think. They don't care what the haters. They seem to feed off of it. And, you know, I'm somebody that's a big believer in – I watch a lot of movies, and uh, they, they know how to be a villain. Some people don't. Like, I always use LeBron James as an example. LeBron's not a good villain. You want to root for LeBron. Um, Michigan doesn't care. What, what you think and they've really got after it and you know Sharon Moore certainly deserves credit for that for that three game stint at the end of the season where he won two top 10 showdowns I mean that's the best audition possible no I agree 100% maybe a guy that they look to who was a great villain in the NFL Tom Brady one of Michigan Wolverines own maybe they look to him for some support there as we're talking with Bill Bender of the Sporting News on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game Chris Thomas hanging out with you until Four o'clock this afternoon. All right, so we know the final matchup is gonna is gonna be a great one. We hope so anyway. And, and the semifinal games, frankly, were very very good too. But Bill, did you feel like all of the hoopla leading up to it with Florida State and Georgia and Alabama? Did you feel like ultimately the committee did the right thing? No, but yes and no. I, I we got really entertaining games, like you said, but I, I still think Florida State should have been in. And I go back to that decision and. You know, everybody's got an opinion on it, obviously. But um, I just I, – I, I still think they should have been number four. And then, you know, here's the interesting thing that really impacted this. Had Georgia won, that's who would have been number four. That's the weirdest part of this, that we would have had uh, Georgia and Florida State in one semi and then uh, Michigan and Washington in the other. And that's just what I believe would have happened. So Alabama kind of 
throw a wrench in that with the big win they had. And But, no, I, I mean, it was a more entertaining game than Florida State probably would have been. I think we can agree on that, but it doesn't mean it was the right decision. Speaking of sort of the big-picture landscape of college football, talking about the playoffs here, do you feel like the 12 team? see, I think there's two sides of the fence on this, Bill. You either love it or you hate it, and I'm talking about the 12-team playoff. Are you a proponent of it's going to make things more interesting, or is it going to take away from what the four-team has given us? I have mixed feelings, okay? So I think the four-team accomplished something. It really did, and if we've had more years like the last two years, I don't know that the appetite for more teams would be as high as it is now. So in that respect, I kind of like the four-teamer. It helped us progress. I think 12 teams is a few too many. I think we're going to get down to – I would have gone eight. And I know everybody thinks their answer is right. I just think we skipped a step by going from four to 12. I think we're going to talk about – let's spend the entire season. When I come on your show next year, we're going to talk about nine through 12 instead of one through four. It's going to feel a lot like the NCAA basketball tournament with bubble teams. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I, I think – on some level, we might miss the four-teamer a little bit. No, I actually agree 100% with that because, like you said, when you start talking about teams 9, 10, 11, 12, it really becomes sort of also-rans maybe a disrespectful term because those are still good teams. But when you see how close some of the semifinal games have not been in recent years, can you imagine a 12 versus a 3 or something along those lines, what we could be expecting? But – the, the, the other thing with that, too, is, Bill, could you see a scenario where prominent players on those 9 through 12 teams are opting out of college football playoff games? Because I think I can. Yes, yes it's going to happen. And I hope people are ready for it because the other reason I'm not so sure we should be extending right now is because college football has a lot of shaky things going on within the sport. So, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be – one of those things that we talk about a lot in the off season. And, you know, just for me, it's, if you, you've got to have, if you're going to expand your business, you have to be ready to expand that business and, and ready to have a plan that makes that possible. And I'm not so sure that we're there. Talking all things, uh, college football, national championship, Michigan, Washington on Monday night, right here, sports radio, 92, nine, the game. All right. Comes to our dogs here, Bill, obviously not the season we were expecting, but still another great season. Kirby, obviously, with the dominant win over FSU. We know the whole thing there. Do you feel like Georgia has a chance to rebound next season and get right back to where they were the last two? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is a really good football team loaded with four- and five-star talent, and um, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't be right back in the national championship hunt. In fact, uh, there's some whispers around here that uh, – <laughs> if they would have made this playoff, they're still the best team. So, yeah, I don't think there's too much to worry about in uh, at Georgia right now, and I look for that team to continue to have some high-level success. Do you believe, Bill, that uh, all the hype around Brock Bowers to the NFL is going to translate? Do you see him being a productive player on Sundays? Well, I mean, I'm a Packers fan, and I hope he wears a Packers uniform. Okay. So, <laughs> I think he would go very well with my guy Jordan Love. So, uh, yeah, I think he's he's going to have a lot of success in, in the next level. And, you know, obviously that'll be good to have some of those pass-catching guys for Georgia do good things at the next level. So I definitely I, – I loved Brock Bowers' game. I thought it, there were times, especially the Auburn game this year, 
where he just completely took over the ball game. So, yeah, I think he's going to have a wonderful NFL career, and I can't wait to see it. And hopefully it is he keeps wearing that G on his helmet, just a different uniform. Yeah, I mean, listen, George, 30 touchdowns this year for Mr. Love. He's been quite impressive. He had a good showing against the Falcons here early on in the season as well as we wrap up with Bill Benner of the Sporting News on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, a couple more quick ones before I let you go. Got to mention the other team in town here, and that is Georgia Tech. Finished the season really strong. Do you believe in what Coach Key is putting together on the flats? I do. I think, you know, he. The I watched their bowl game, believe it or not, all the way through. And, you know, the running game's strong. Hudson Card, uh, one of the top returning Haynes King. Sorry, yes, I don't Haynes want to mix King. it. They Hudson Card and Haynes King played together. I definitely want to correct myself on that one. Haynes King, uh, one of the best returning quarterbacks in the ACC. Like their linebackers too, and they ran the ball well in that bowl game. I was so impressed. I think Brett he's doing a good job of the brick by brick approach. You can tell the passion he has for that place, and I think it carries over. In fact. I'm doing one of those way too early top 25s. And, uh, yeah, I think Georgia Tech's going to be in there. And, and that ought to tell you where that program's headed. Wow, how about that? All right, we'll be sure to look out for that from uh, our buddy Bill Bender. All right, last one before I let you go. If Michigan gets it done and wins, John Harbaugh uh, – Jim Harbaugh, sorry – will be a coach for the blank NFL or Michigan Wolverines? I'll give you three options. Um, I'll say Raiders for fun with nothing to back it up. I'll just say that's where I think he might go if Antonio Pierce doesn't get the full-time job, if not Chargers, if not he comes back to Michigan. But just the general overall sense, and I have nothing – this is just speculation, nothing to back it up. Um, I just get this feeling that this is it. And, uh, you know, it's run its course. It's been a really interesting course for Michigan, and I think he ends up – coaching in the NFL next season but that's again nothing no source told me that or none of that and as Jim Harbaugh told us today when they asked about his future I believe he said I hope I have one so there you go uh the always always coy Mr. Harbaugh all right Bill we appreciate the time as always enjoy the game on Monday night hey no problem thanks for having me on take care all right Bill Bender of the Sporting News there one of the best doing it in the college football scene I don't see if if I had to handicap this game right now I just feel like if Washington starts throwing that ball down the field, I don't think Michigan's going to be able to keep up. Because really, J.J. McCarthy, like, E, somebody told me J.J. McCarthy should be taken by the Falcons. I almost threw the microphone at the wall. In what round? Did they say first round? At period. He's not an NFL. He's not a college quarterback, basically, in my opinion. I don't know, Tony. I've read a lot of pre-draft, you know, descriptions of him that say that, yeah, he has played himself into – a late first, high second oh, pick. Oh my goodness! Hey man, we'll see what the experts say. But uh, so you say this: this game does not come down to who has the ball last. No, because I, I think if Washington wins, they're going to win by maybe ten points. Okay. And I think if Michigan wins, it could come down to the last score. But I think it'll be a much low, lower game, like maybe. It's, it's 25, 22, something like that, maybe. Not even. Not like, even? I could see 17, 14. If they can hold that Washington offense 14 points, that's a lot of sacks and some turnovers. Yeah, but Mi- Michigan, I think they might be up to the task, at least more so than some of the other teams Washington has faced up until this point. But Bill Bender thinks 30 points is the number. I'd probably go a little bit lower than that, but that's just me. All yeah. right, when we get back. What else is going on around the NFL? We got a lot of stories to cover. And, hey, man, 
I'm still passionate about it. I know you are too. So let's keep the conversation going. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Should Arthur Smith get another year with a new quarterback? Tell me why yes or why no. And also, if you're on that Justin Fields hype train, I'll hear you out. No one's been able to convince me yet. And I got people screaming at me, E, in all caps on Twitter, telling me how wrong I am about Justin Fields and why he's worth every penny coming to Atlanta. Tell me what you think. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Hanging out with you until 4 o'clock on Sports Radio. Now it's time the game. Yeah, the Falcons really don't give us no satisfaction, dude. That's really a uh, tough pill to swallow this season. And that's why... Everyone's so fired up about it, and trust me, I understand. All I want for this franchise is success. That means having the right head coach. That means having the right quarterback. And that means making the right decisions financially for the past, present, and future. And that's why I'm so passionate about this Justin Fields decision. Because if you bring him in and it doesn't work, you are sinking your ship for the entirety of the contract. You'll never be able to outlive that. You'll never be able to get out from under that. That's why I'm so concerned. And in terms of Arthur Smith, I think he can do it. If he has the right quarterback, I think and it, he also needs to learn from his mistakes, cut down on the cutesy play calling. Yes, there's obvious flaws that he needs to work on. But if the Falcons do decide to keep him, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think if he has the right quarterback, this team could be a playoff team. They need to fix some holes on both sides of the ball. They need a new cornerback. They need another offensive lineman. They need another pass rusher. Those things could be addressed in the draft and through free agency. You know how they're not going to be addressed? If eventually you give a huge contract to Justin Fields and it doesn't work out. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. Fred in the car. Fred. Hey, Chris, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, so I don't believe in this administration, either Terry or Arthur, and I'm going to tell you why. Look, look at Terry. First of all, he gives a contract to Taylor Heineke for $7 million. Hell, you could have had uh, Mayfield for four, so I don't understand that. You know, a guy can't play at all. You draft uh, Bergeron, he's a tackle, you turn him into a guard. You got McGarry, he's a guard, you turn him into a tackle. How about you flip-flop those two guys? Maybe a general manager that actually has some sense would be able to do something like that or think about something like that. And, you know, you're talking about quarterbacks. We don't have – we have to define what we're going to be as a team. If you, if you look at what Arthur wants to be, I, I have to assume he wants to be what he was in, in Tennessee, which was you have a running game with a big bruising running back like Derrick Henry. Well, we had that guy. Uh, Tyler Algier, yeah. he's as good as any running back in the league. And what do you do? You draft Bijan. Yet Panay still sitting there, sitting there. Yeah, Fred. And I... you draft this guy that you know maybe he's a game changer. But what has Saquon Barkley ever done for New York Giants? What did OJ ever do for the Bills? You can't build it on just a running back. You got to have three phases of the game: offense, defense, special teams. These guys are allocating all these scarce resources into the offense. Not paying attention. Well, yeah, they paid a bunch of bums and stiffs for the defense. But who, who did you really get? You got Jesse Bates. He's great. You got half of Calais Campbell. And maybe that, that guy, Yamada. But all these other guys are a bunch of stiffs, and you spend a bunch of money on them. You can't stop anybody at the end of the game when you need to. 
All right, Fred. Appreciate the phone. I know I got you, Fred. I appreciate the phone call. Love the passion. Again, Fred is angry. I wouldn't be surprised if Fred has a PSL because that's how I'd be feeling if I was Fred right about now. A couple of things. You're not exactly correct on a couple of them. Matt Bergeron is a really good draft pick. I don't care where he's playing. They did not miss on him. He's a really, really good draft pick. So I think to say that that's part of the failure of this organization is unfair. The draft in and of itself, I will give you, has been hit and miss for the entire time of the Fontenot and Smith regime here in Atlanta. Drake London is a stud. He's a really good receiver. Bajan, we'll see. We know the potential's there. But to just crap on the drafting of the entire organization and then incorrectly state that Matt Bergeron is not the type of guy that's gotten the job done, he certainly has. Also, um, McGarry was not under Fontenot's watch. That was the previous regime. That's also correct. And Panay Sewell was last year's draft, not this year's draft. He would have been had to be taken over Drake London. Yes, Panay Sewell was not. Right. He was, he was upset. The, yeah, he, he was already. He, he said we took Panay Sewell. Put, uh, I know took, what um, he said. I, right. I knew what he was saying. Yeah. But at the same time, you need to look at it as a whole. And, yes, there's been some misses. But if that's what you're going to be mad at, uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. 404-726-0929. 404-726-0929. We got JT in McDonough. JT. Hey, Turtle. How are you, sir? What's up, man? I I really think we need to give Arthur Smith at least one more year because his first two years he was handcuffed by the cat, and then they basically told Matt Ryan they didn't want him anymore and let him walk over the Deshaun Watson fiasco. And now he was told to give a chance to a quarterback that turned out to turned out to be a failure and they want and the fans want him to go after another unproven quarterback. So uh, I think he needs one more chance with a drafted quarterback, somebody he can build, somebody that's going to prove themselves instead of spending a bunch of money like you said on Justin Fields and you know handcuffing handcuffing him again and then costing him to lose his job so yeah JT that's all I got gotcha brother thank you for the phone call I appreciate it and that's what you're ba- if you're on team bring coach back that's what you're banking on you're banking on they make the right decision at quarterback this offseason whether that's free agent draft or trade they make the right decision the right decision um and i've been very clear on what i think that is uh and then he gets a chance to rock and roll and if you have a guy like one thing like please consider this when you're making your points how bad the atlanta falcons quarterback room was it's easily top three worst in the league you got the jets you got the panthers and then i think i put the put the falcons right there i mean heineke I will say, and that was something the last caller Fred made, Heineke being brought in as a backup was a calculated move, but it was a mistake because I think you took what you saw in Washington, projected that here in Atlanta, and uh, he kind of turned back into a pumpkin. I mean, you guys all saw that game, right? A couple of years ago in Mercedes-Benz, I believe. Uh, Taylor Heineke was amazing. He was a magician who got that game-winning play, the swing pass to Jarek McKinnon, who took it in for a touchdown and won the game versus the Falcons. I think they saw that, and they were like, damn, if that's our backup quarterback, that's not too bad. But 
clearly he's not that guy, and he is a backup quarterback through and through. We saw that last week. 404-726-0929. EJ, Southwest Atlanta. EJ, you're in the game. Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Yeah, I agree with many things that have been said on both sides, call-ins, and your position as well. Uh, I want to hit um, a little bit on everything that was stated. Uh, I do agree with bringing uh, Arthur Smith back just for the opportunity to correct his mistakes because, you know, no coach is perfect, and you got to have a little wiggle room to make some mistakes, and I believe you have the opportunity to correct them as well. As far as the quarterback situation, I don't know if this position has been said before. I understand both sides of wanting Justin Fields to come in and looking at the financials on why not to bring him in. I think some of the home team fans here in Atlanta, and I'm a native as well, I think some of the aggravation on the psychological and emotional side is that many people, including myself, feel like he should have been drafted instead of Kyle Pitts. And this um, this mistake has been made, I think, before, even when, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but was not Flacco and Matt Ryan in the same draft class? Uh, then, I'm not sure about that. But regardless, continue yeah, your point. I, I, I think they were. And in that draft where we got Calvin Ridley, two picks before Baltimore drafted Lamar Jackson. And Flacco has already won a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan hasn't. So what I'm saying is the organization from the head were looking to prepare themselves for the next quarterback, even with good quarterbacks still in the head position. I think the Falcons should have did that. I was upset when they didn't take that position. You know, Matt Ryan still has some tread left. They could have drafted Lamar Jackson instead of Calvin Ridley. Missed on that. Drafted Kyle Pitts instead of um, um, Justin Fields this year. So some of that aggravation, I think, is some of that, well, we want to get him here because we think we should have had him in the first place. Yeah, EJ, I hear you, and I thank you for the phone call. Man, listen, you went deep on me there, man. You went went sitting on the couch, feet up, talking to the therapist deep there. And I get that because, listen, some people like Fred – are going to come on the air and they're going to scream and they're going to yell because that's how they express themselves. Other guys like you are going to sit there and try to understand the reasoning and the logic behind some of the decisions that were made. But however you express yourself, as long as you're passionate and you come here on the air and you make good points, I don't care how you do it. And I thought Fred had some good points. I thought he had a couple not good points, but I thought you had some good points as well. So I'm fine with that, but you also just need to be cognizant of what the situation is. You can try to deep dive and you can try to say if ifs and buts were candies and nuts and all that. But at the end of the day, the Falcons are where they are, right? They're an under 500 football team that is struggling to backdoor into the playoffs because of coaching mistakes, because of poor quarterback play, because of injuries, because of you name it. I think trying to go back into the archives and say, well, if three years ago we made this move, you're going to – you're going to never sleep at night if that's how you try to think about things because every franchise, look at the Patriots, for example. They couldn't do anything wrong for 15 years, and look at the last couple of seasons. Bill Belichick has been a disaster. So even the most storied, prominent franchises in the NFL have these moments where you scratch your head as a fan and go, why are you doing this? Why did you draft Mac Jones, Bill Belichick? Why? If you think about it like that, you're just going to lose sleep because at the end of the day, you are where you are. Like, going back and looking at decisions that were made three years ago, you can second-guess them and you can say, look at how 
Justin Fields turned out and look at how Kyle Pitts has turned out and we should have drafted Fields, but what good is that going to do you? You are where you are. And I think that's the way that you just need to look at it. 404-726-0929. Keaton, Rockmart, you're in the game. Good afternoon, gentlemen. <clears throat> yes, so sir. This is my this is my this is my take real quick. Uh I just I I think to touch on what you were talking about earlier, the culture that, that's been brought to Atlanta. I think it's a losing culture. I think that Arthur Smith has brewed up a losing culture. I mean, granted, we've been we've had a losing culture for a while now, but the way that he's handled the way that he's responded to certain questions and I can't I can't particular name one right off the top of my head right now, but just the snarky responses that he's had to some things. I just don't appreciate that uh, being a part of our culture. Uh, I, I think that when it comes to quarterback, I don't think that Justin Fields is the right fit for us because I want to move on from Arthur Smith. I think that if we held on to Arthur Smith, that Justin Fields probably could be fairly successful here. Um, I think I think that our best bet is to go out and draft a quarterback and this off off season find a veteran for that quarterback to sit behind for a couple of years and learn. I think that we had the right idea with Desmond Ritter, but uh, you know he he who do he sit behind? You know, you can't you can't learn to be a great quarterback when you're sitting behind somebody who's not a great quarterback. Yeah, Keaton, I hear you, man, and thank you for the phone call. A uh, couple of things on what you had to say. Um, coach being snarky with the media, I know that that can be annoying sometimes. Trust me, I again, I sit two feet away from Coach Smith every week while Carl and Mike get to interview him, and I even had the privilege to do it once myself a couple of weeks ago when – Mike was out. I get it. He's long-winded. He can be just sort of tiring with going on and on and droning, you know, when he gets into a thought loop. I get all of that. But the culture that I'm talking about is in the locker room, is with the players, is with the staff, is with everything being collectively on the same page at Flowery Branch, and there's no denying that that is the case. So I'm less concerned about – if he's nice to the media or not, then if the players respect him and feel like he's bringing the right things to the table as the head coach. So I understand what you're saying, Keaton, but at the same time, I care a little bit less about that than I do about what the players think because that's ultimately what matters. All right, when we get back, great again, great job. I, I can't say it enough. Everybody who's called today, I've taken probably a couple dozen phone calls today. You've all been great. I appreciate how concerned you are about this football team. I share in your concern. I feel like we all need to get through this thing together, whether we agree or we disagree. You know how I feel. I know how you feel. And hopefully the Falcons organization makes the right decision in this offseason. All right, one more hour to go. And if I'm on the air, you know I do a producer six-pack. It's my favorite segment. Hopefully it's yours too. Four sports questions of any kind and two anything goes questions from producer Eric Slaughter. That's coming up in five minutes. Don't go anywhere. You never know what I'm going to be asked on Sports Radio 929 The Game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 